Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. We're in the new year, finally. <laughs> All right, we're going on to episode 175, audio memoir, uh, the third installment of this. This one is going to be podcast behind the scenes. So it tells you a little bit about uh, what we do for the show, what I do, and some of the other stuff I'm, I'm, I'm working on. So kind of gives you a, a good little picture behind that. In case some folks had asked. And I've had a few emails of people who did ask, actually. So I didn't really want to put those in the um, the mailbag. I wanted to save it for a show like this. So I appreciate that. And we'll be able to, to definitely do that. Okay. Now, as you probably guessed, well, because I mentioned it a number of times, I um, often outline the shows and usually do it sometime in advance sometimes months in advance you really have to because if you think about it you know as long as i'm i'm healthy and i'm not sick or anything i normally do two shows a week which is about you know on average about eight a month sometimes more sometimes a little less but still it's a lot of shows for for a, a one person you know operation so to speak so I like getting a lot of the material out there, though. I don't really like just doing once, uh, once in a while type of thing. I, I really want to, you know, build up the library quicker, which I was able to do. We're in the third year now. This is episode 175, and hopefully you'll check out the new, um, uh, the new uh, intro we got on the show. We got uh, some new music and new way of doing it. So I always try to do something different like that whenever I can. Now. Not to put too fine of a point on it, and you could probably imagine this real easily, but you have to make sure a couple of things have been done before you start a show. I mean, I don't really care where you do your show at. If you could do it in the, you know what I mean? You could do it in your sitting room. You could do it in the bedroom. You could do it in your office. You know, hell, if you have a portable, you know, a recorder, you could do it in your car. Now, it's, there's so many things you can do with technologies these days. But there are things that you have to get wrapped up or resolved before you start a show. Because if you don't, you'll wind up stopping every time. You don't want to have to do that. All right, so one of the most important things to get done <laughs> without without making a joke out of it is you want to make sure that you've, you've used the bathroom. Because, I mean, I never go less than a half an hour. Sometimes I go to an hour or, or, or a little bit over than that. That's not unusual. That's usually the standard for me. Uh, so obviously you want to make sure you don't have to be jumping out in between the show to have to go to the bathroom. So try to get that out of the way. Try to drink enough to where your you know your voice will feel okay. Um, do whatever you can to secure the cats and the dogs. I'll tell you that now. I've had a few times where I didn't have the door closed and the dog's out there barking at a golfer or something. Because I live on the golf course. So I got to hear that, and that's not good for the show. And then, of course, if I don't let the, 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 the cat in at a certain time where I'm in this office over here, they'll literally meow and scratch at the door, which in, in some cases I just had to let go, you know, and keep the show going because I was about to wrap it up. I'm like, I don't want to stop now. 
But, you know, if you listen close enough, you'll hear a cat, meow, meow. I'm like, oh, God. So those are the things I've learned that it's real important to try to get those things wrapped up and secure as best as possible so they don't interrupt what you're trying to do. It doesn't matter if you're doing this at home or not because, you know, just like a remote job, it's not hard to be professional from your home as long as you have the equipment and, you know, you have the the knowledge and, and you certainly have the, the professionalism. Like anything else, you, you have to make sure that this is done properly and you want to make sure these things are not going to become distractions because like i mentioned before and i don't i don't say that lightly and i don't say that to brag but other than some basic outline notes and not even for all the shows or even need that uh, i mostly do this from the top of my head because i already know some of the things i'm going to be talking about and it's, it's not hard to you know speak about that for you know 30 40 50 minutes or whatever it's going to take so that's that's normally uh why I say it's important because when you do have those distractions, all those things you had all lined up in your head and in order and everything, then they become a little uh, <laughs> cast aside. And I don't like that because that's the last thing you don't want to do on, on, a, on a show, especially a podcast show that's as literary, is you don't want to have lots of spaces, you know, of time or, or, or silence. So you don't want to sound like you're, you know, spending a hundred years to gather your thoughts. It's okay to look for a piece of paper now and then if you have to read something because, you know, I have certain. Certain episodes, especially the ones lately um, of the uh, classic Spotlight series, where there's just so much material and so much stuff that you need to, you know, to be able to put out there that you got to read from something. Because I, I can't remember, you know, when Boris Pachtonok was born, or you know, when he put out Doctor Zhivago, or you know, this that whatever. I mean, those are important details to be able to frame the show, and you know, it's, it's good to have those things already printed out and, and ready to go. So. That's why I say that. Now, I think you remember from the last um, audio memoir I had, I mentioned about that I was embarking on a, uh, it was a personal uh, a journey, but I wanted to write about some of the things that happened to me in West Germany and put it together in a small hybrid fiction book that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get out there you know, to some publishers. So, it, you know, it's out there now. Hopefully we'll hear something back positive. But I got that completed. It's it's going to be called uh, Something Happens When You Die. I know it does sound horrible. It sounds kind of creepy, but it, you know it's it's a it's a literary fiction, and you know it had some tough elements to it. Don't get me wrong, because you know the way I write, I always got to put something in there. So there's there's always somebody bleeding or dying in there somewhere. But hey, I'm an Italian, and if you know anything about Italian opera, you can't have an opera without at least two deaths and, and someone screaming. So that's just that's just the culture. What can I tell you? So I brought it to fiction. <laughs> and uh, I think it worked out really well. I mean, I didn't do a million uh, of, of these pieces because each one starts with something and then kind of gives you either um, a different event or a different town, you know, uh, in Germany and, and things, things that has happened, you know, in, in those places. So uh, you don't you only want to say that so many times. So I think I only had nine of those fiction pieces, in you know, in interspersed with some other, some other uh, verse that was that was from Germany as well. You know, so I took poems, I took that title off and just put it in the language in there, made it like a, you know poetic, you know, that way. I'm just doing something different with the book. It's definitely a hybrid, uh, you know, collection, and you know, hopefully, we get somebody that's interested out there. You know, like anything, it's an experiment, and of course, you know, a labor, uh, certainly a, a labor of uh, of love or maybe torment. But hey, I'm happy to have it out there and, and done. 
And I'm telling you about all this water stuff, and I'm still thirsty. God, I hate that. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Now, I've had a few shows already. I mentioned one of them, but, you know, actually the last couple I've done, I just simply done from the mini recorder. And didn't even sit in the office because, you know, I, I, with the time we were, you know, I was storing some Christmas stuff or doing some wrapping or just, you know, I got an animal in there one time. They needed to stay there to isolate from the other ones because it wasn't feeling so well. You know, so it was just harder to jump on the computer that way to do the show. Because I have to, you know, when I do this stuff, it's I just don't turn the computer and do this stuff. You got to... You know, you got to arrange the boom mic in a certain way. You got to connect everything. Got to have your headphones in. You got to have the special program you re that use you use to record all of that stuff. It's a, it's a bit of a you know um, a process to do that. Where the mini recorder, you just sit there and you just start talking into it. You know, and it's already MP3 and it's pretty decent on the volume. You know, I run it through the computer later on to make some adjustments, but for the most part, I've been pretty happy with it. So it's nice to be able to use sometimes when you don't want to go back to the regular recording uh, way of doing things or if that room is occupied of you know i got a couple rooms in this house here where i can't record well with because there's too much of a, a natural echo in the room and I'm, i can't go around trying to you know seal it off to make it sound better that's just too much when i'm not going to use it that often so i noticed that it's like i got a couple of them i did a show and uh you know and uh one of the other rooms, I'm like, oh man, this thing sounds horrible. I had to make some adjustments to it. I'm like, no, can't go in there again. Not the guest room. It just doesn't work. It's just too echoey for some reason. If that's a word, <laughs> echoey. <laughs> but um, I'm happy to be able to do that. It's just amazing what you could do with the with the technology. It makes things uh, that much easier. Certainly is convenient since it works for the show and I actually know what I'm doing with it so that really does help I think um, if I ever go on the road for a moment or two or something like that it's great because I won't really need to uh, bring any of the equipment with me I just bring my mini recorder that's all as long as you have those things charged you know that's the key you gotta have it charged up you know and you don't try to fill up with too much stuff. You know, I'm not even sure how many hours it would take of recording. So I really don't never go very far with it. After I'm done, you know, I'll transfer it over and then I'll erase it from the mini recorder and then put it back on the main computer with all the other shows. Because I don't like to, I don't like to be trying to load this thing up with a bunch of stuff and then one day I have a problem where, you know, it stops because it has no more memory. <laughs> After I just get all this thing set up. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. So. It's nice to have because you don't have to have a, um, the headphones. You're already speaking into the little microphone that's built into this thing. And it's amazing how well it picks up. So I'm um, definitely encouraged on how you can use technology uh, if you want positively. You know, to get things done, especially on, on, a, on a show like this. Where I want to keep to the schedule, you know, as much as possible. Every so often I go a day beyond what I put down there. You know, I still call the schedule because I I do do whatever I can to adhere to it, and for the most part, I do. It's never it's never going to be perfect, good co. It's not the you know it's not the Ten Commandments over here or something. But hey, it gives you a good strong guideline of what I want to do, what I'm going to talk about. I mean, I rarely change much of anything, so it pretty much holds very well. Although I'm going to put out the uh, 
the banner ad again for January because I, I for some reason I messed up the uh, episode numbers. So you got the right stuff there, you know, the right dates. Just the episode numbers are all wrong. So I got to redo that. Unfortunately, <laughs> it happens. What are you gonna do? But um, I'm pretty excited about going into the new year. We got a lot of new topics. Uh, I've got a few people who emailed me asking me about you know where do I get the topics from or the ideas from and to me i don't really find it terribly difficult because you know again we're not trying to brag if you go out you could do this yourself you go out to other literary shows there's some out there there's not a lot but there are they don't do any of this stuff they won't talk about some of the issues that we talk about and that are important to our lives you know um you know where to find time to do this and uh, how 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 to do this you know where grammar and everything else fits into it where do you have to deal with fear and doubt you know, and, and where do you get confidence from? And, you know, and, and of course, many of the classic writers we talk about, how they can be in, in, encouraging us, and you can learn a little bit about them and, and kind of be excited by that way. And then some of the other standalone topics when we talk about, you know, um, the, the women gender in writing and, and how that has an effect, you know, and, and of course, faith and fear and depression. These, that's just, I'm just surprised on how many things we talk about here that other shows don't. So... In many instances, again, without trying to sound funny, we wind up doing shows that just nobody else is doing. And, and, and it's almost like um, one of those singers, and he's like, I don't know what the audience wants, but I know what I like, so I'm just going to do that, and I hope they like it. It almost feels like that sometimes. I mean, I do know that there are certain shows I do that they're going to have an immediate impact. When you talk about you know, shows about juggling time management and, and dealing with depression or, or having to struggle with faith or, or, or fear, you know, in, in your own creativity or even, you know, the elements of family and friends and all of that. I mean, those those are going to ring a bell with people because people are dealing with those things on a regular basis. So I know there's certain shows where it's going to hit the audience. Other times, you know, I'm taking my best guess on things I'm interested in. Hopefully people are interested in it too. Sometimes they are and hey, sometimes they're not. That's just the way it is. It's nothing to get upset about. You just live with that. Okay, that one didn't hit, hit it out of the park. Oh well. You know, it's the same thing with the classic Spotlight series with the different writers. You know, you, you hope people are going to find them interesting. Sometimes it's an introduction to somebody that people are not too aware of. You know? You'd be surprised how many people are not aware of, of Bukowski. You know, that's a surprise. A lot of people didn't realize that, you know, Rod Sterling was such a, a tremendous writer and all the things he went through in his life. You know, and then Gene Roddenberry with Star Trek. You know, and you can go on with it. We did, we actually did two shows of Edgar Allan Poe. So I'm very happy about uh, all of that because I really think that it helps bring us back to, to those that we, we love and admire you know, in the, in the literary sense, and, and how, you know, they, by bringing these shows out, you talk a little bit about their lives, you know, it brings them a bit down to earth, and it humanizes them, because, you know, when you think about, you know, somebody like Charles Dickens, or Edgar Allan Poe, or, you know, you, you, you almost, you're almost looking like gods, you know what I mean, you're like, oh my god, these people are, you know, a blessing from heaven, and oh, this and that, and, and I'm not saying they're not, because they are, but there were also human beings, do you know, too, dealing with all kinds of issues. You know, Poe, uh, you know, had such a 
uh, dramatic and, 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 and tragic and, and, and just rough personal life that, you know, if you don't know about it, you, 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 you have to wonder, you know, uh, why he wasn't a big smiler in those photographs and why he's writing stuff with blood and people, uh, you know, uh, killing their neighbors and stabbing them with the eyeball and cats sending them to jail. And <laughs> I mean, these are some terribly uh, strange things to write about, especially in the 1800s. I mean, you, you, you might expect that today so easily, but not then. But those things that happen in people's lives, they do have, in many instances, real bearing on their um, outlook in life, uh, on their attitude in writing, or maybe even some of the elements of the writing. Some of it might actually find its way in there. It's not unlike writers to put things of their personal life, you know, in, into, uh, you know, into a, a poem or um, a short story or a novel or whatever. It's just not unusual to do. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty commonplace. I can imagine of, um, how many times, uh, you know, Poe particularly, you know, has probably had fights or people have given him a hard time or people he just learned to hate and he just threw that into the show. I mean, right into the, well, that's what he's writing, you know. So next thing you know, yeah, he, he's having the last revenge in there. That's <laughs> he bricking you up in, in, a, in a wine cellar somewhere, you know. Bringing you to a party and everybody's spurting out blood out of their eyes. I mean, oh, the neighbor being stabbed to death because the guy is insane but has a conscience. Kind of weird, how huh? You have a conscience and you're insane. And you're stabbing somebody. But hey. I'm sure there was a lot of that in, in his writing because of what he had to go through. So it, it kind of gives us a better picture of, you know, who we're dealing with and, and, and what, he was, uh, what he was going through. Now, another thing about uh, the show that a lot of people uh, oftentimes don't, don't really uh, realize is that Many a times, like I mentioned before, you know, the show is outlined sometimes months in advance. But, you know, I, I occasionally have a show where um, I come up with it pretty quickly. I'm like, yeah, I just want to go do that. You know, and uh, so sometimes uh, when I put together a schedule, I might actually have a, you know, a show in there that I already, you know, drew up right away. It wasn't anything from the past or something like that. I just, just want to do it. Something came up for me and, yeah, this is interesting and... I want to go about it. I've taken a number of, um, of suggestions or ideas from a few people from the, who, who listen to the show. I don't mind doing that. I have nothing against doing that. I tell folks, hey, you got something viable you think that I can really do that can work? We can get something, uh, you know, get a little show together with it or something at least that lasts a half an hour? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll look at it. I don't, I don't mind doing that. I'm not somebody that's so... Uh, you know, vain that I, I can't consider somebody else's uh, ideas or anything like that. No, it's nothing like that at all. It's just, you just you just don't know when someone tells you something if you can really do something with it because you got to put it together, you know, in some kind of a form and some kind of a, you know, an order. You know, and believe it or not, to me, just like a poem or a fiction piece, you know, for me, a lot of these shows, I, I feel that they work the best for me. And maybe they sound the best on the other side of things when they seem to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, that's why sometimes I'll, you know, I'll bracket stuff up. Yeah, I'm going to do this in three parts, part one, part two. 
just I do that because it not only helps me to, to memorize stuff, it helps me to follow an outline, especially if I put one together, you know, for that particular show. But also, I think it's easier for the uh, for the uh, the audience to listen to as well. This way, you're not just rambling straight on, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes, and you're like, dude, this guy, like, you know, catch your breath once in a while here, <laughs> you know. So you also uh, can tell too that yeah, I'm I'm putting it together and, and piecing it together for you just as much as uh, you know it, it appears to be that once it's one module at a time, one one segment at a time, as I call it, and yes. I do that because uh, that makes the most sense to me when I'm putting together the show. Uh, a lot of shows, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really criticizing them. It, it's which what you, you want to do when you're putting the show like this together. So I won't criticize that. But not a lot of the shows are willing uh, to do, you know, a, a basic outline or um, even what I do, which is a lot off the top of my head because of stuff I already know that I've rehearsed already or kind of went through and i'm pretty good about that a lot of them don't do that a lot of them are very scripted i mean literally to the point of uh writing a script for the show i mean I'm, and I'm, it's surprising me there actually are people out there you can help hire to help you script your podcast show or even edit or help polish the script you did i mean i i'm I'm still amazed by it, and, uh, and a little potage industry has, has come up with it now. That's great. To me, I, I don't like it at all. To me, it's not it's not something I want to do. If I'm writing a teleplay for a television show, that's one thing. It ought to be scripted. But this is what you might want to call a reality show, so to speak, and I don't see how it's necessary. I don't really, again, I don't really get how even with the best uh, of a script... You really make a connection with the audience, and it, to me, it, to me, it's that. To me, it, it sounds contrived. You know, I don't really like it. You, you can't even like add something that might have just suddenly came up in your head because now you got a damn script you got to follow. How many times have I made a mistake and then I corrected myself, and we went on the show and it was no big deal, or I added something? Oh yeah, what about that? That happens. That's human. That's the human condition. That's part of the show and, and the whole literary spirit that we're running with is that that's how you're editing things. That's how you're writing things. That's how you're rewriting things. That's how you're putting things together for your own creative you know, work is all of those human elements, the human elements of surprise and the human elements of of making a mistake and then correcting it right away, or the human elements of, oh, I just thought about that, and that can really work and piece together with that. I like that. I like the uh, the um, the honesty of that of that kind of moment, good and bad, and I, and I like the urgency of it as, as well. It's just right there for the audience. It's not just some, you know, just some piece I, I put together, blab it on there, you know, Touched up the the sound a bit and you know let it go. I don't like I, I mentioned this before I'm sure, and I'll probably mention it a hundred times more. But it's work to do the show, and I don't do the show so that um, I can hear myself speak or or, or just to fly stuff under the window. I don't like phoning something in. You know all that to me all that that's just that's Kurt's crap. I don't really don't really appreciate it. So I, because of that, I, like anybody else who does something on a regular basis, you remember, I'm doing this eight, nine, ten times a month. I got to have a reason to come back. 
you know? Without this sounding too weird, but if you know anything about being in a relationship for a long time or marriage for a number of years, or we're coming up on our 19th wedding anniversary, at the end of the day, you need to have something to come back to. And sometimes you got to make sure you're the person that they got to come back to. So that's how you keep things going because you're making it useful and loving and vital and fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're going to have your crappy days where it's like, and it's going to happen. But most of the times it's not. And most of the times when you're saying to yourself, I'm glad I can come back home to her, to him. There's this crazy cat with 19-foot whiskers over here bothering me when I'm trying to do this show. <laughs> but um, it's, so it's really the same thing. Anything that you're going to be coming back to on a regular basis because it's part of your life, then it has to mean something more than just, you know, hi, honey, thank you for that sandwich. I'm going to go sit in the corner in this chair and watch this show and you know, kiss you goodnight later. I mean, if you can't do more than that, then you don't really have much more. <laughs> and it's not going to last for that sort of thing. You're going to have your moments, but hey, it's got to be more than that. And that's why I wanted to do the show the way I do it. Because I feel that it's the best way for me to be honest. It's the best way for me to get out the information I want to get out. And, and, I'm, and I'm hoping it's the best way that people will, will connect with the show. Because they'll make a comparison with this show and somebody else's show and get, hey, Mark, you know, he he tries to keep it live. He tries to keep it interesting. He tries to make it fun and, and, and adventurous. And he tries to talk about serious things. And, you know, and, and he tries to use uh, language that makes sense that, that I can grasp onto and, and use in my own life and help me improve myself as a writer, as a person or whatever. Yeah, that's part of the show that tried to do that. I don't know if I always succeed. Maybe I don't always succeed. But I'm always trying to succeed to do that. Because that's the reason to do the show. It's the only reason, really. I mean, I couldn't do the show if it was just another class-like spotlight every every day. And I was doing that ten times a month. Alright, this month we're going to do Nathaniel Hawthorne. I mean, no. That, that, that gets old. That's why I only do it once or twice in a, in a month. You know, normally once. The last couple of months I did twice just because I was sort of kind of catching up. But um, you do it in a, in a sparing fashion because it is a, a wonderful show, uh, that episode to do. And, and, and it's exciting, and but it's, it's a bit of a lot more work than the other shows are. And it, and it keeps things fresh and interesting. But like anything, it's not refreshed and interesting if you're just trying to do a new writer every other day. You know, that, that, that gets boring. You know, and remember the show is named Strength to Be Human. Part of my philosophy is uh, to find the strength to be human. So you're not trying to be some supernatural person that nobody understands, or you're not trying to be some super cyborg that nobody cares about or everybody's afraid of. Because both of those things take away from your humanity to be something else. Let's be proud to be human. Let's stay human. And one of the ways to stay to be human is to be humane and to make some sense so that other people will have a general idea what you're talking about. Is everyone going to like and love all your stuff you're doing? No. And that's fine. There's no way that I can have as a goal every episode I do is going to be super fantastic. It's going to hit everybody over the head with something new. And No. It's not going to happen that way. 
You know, I, I've had shows where like, boy, uh, that came out a lot different than I envisioned. <laughs> it happens sometimes. That's not as interesting as I thought it was going to be. Sometimes people you know, say, "Yeah, that's true," and other times they're like, "No, I liked it." So you never really, you never really know. You really don't. But what you do know is this: as long as you're coming to the audience with something useful to say, something humane to say, something honest to say, I mean, you're really doing a lot more better than 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 the average media outlet out there that that has all the same script says all the same things you all agree with each other and you have to wonder why would i believe anything i, I just turned on the 10 different channels they're all saying the same thing that that's a problem because we all know when we go to work when we go to church when we go a school event or we go to a, a, a civil event you're going to talk to people and you're going to have 50,000 different opinions over there you're not going to have a lot of people agreeing on a lot of stuff so how can the average person out in the average life you know be so diverse and then when you put on a media show you, you literally hear the same thing usually echoing practically the same words imagine that oh, we don't talk to each other Mark really I'm on five different channels and they're all saying practically the same phrase and the same word. This is what bothers me about society right now. And, and I think it's a very scary Orwellian type thing. Where you're not really getting the information you should get. And too many people don't want to make their own minds up or don't want to think about things. You know, they, I'm too busy doing something else. And then they wonder why so, so many things have gone wrong. Because they've sort of forfeited you know, their opinion and their voice to, the, to these other people who they'd rather think for you. We need to think for ourselves. And our writing has to help other people to learn to think again. So try to have that as a goal. Uh, maybe you can make it a New Year's resolution if you like. But, you know, let's, let's, let's have a year where people start to think for themselves for a change. It, w it would be helpful. It really would. And I think in writing, it, it, it's absolutely essential. Because you can't be... An interesting writer. And you're saying the same things over and over again. There's nothing interesting about that. There's nothing creative about it. It's one of the things I like about having the, uh, the literary journal or aerial chart that I have. And you get stuff from people all the time. And you're like, you read it and you're like, I know exactly what the person is talking about. And yeah, I've heard that before. But the way they put it together... The series of words, the angles, the illusions, the metaphors. You haven't seen that before. It makes it that much interesting. Oftentimes, it carries it another yard further than you would have read before when somebody else had did it. And that's what, that's what good writing is about. That's what good literature is about. That's what we should be doing. Doing our best to be as unique and as honest and as forthright as possible. Because when we do that, we become that much better of a writer. We also become, in many ways, that much better of a more, I, I feel, fully engaged human being. Because, you know, we have a lot of people out there that are not really fully engaged. And sometimes, if you're on the internet or the uh, Facebook or, or these social media platforms too much, sometimes you're not really engaged at all. It's just... One knucklehead throwing out something to another knucklehead. Not meaning very much of anything. 
There's nothing really human going on there a lot of times. You know, it's just a bunch of stupid phrases and, and memes and stuff like that. We have some fun with it now and then, but in terms of a real form of communication, nah. You're easier off just picking somebody you like to talk to and messenger with them and chat with them. Just yourself in your own language. That's when you really get somewhere. Not just let the social media stuff get in the way. And maybe that's what we need to see more of going forward over here. Is people uh, being a little bit more you know, cautious around social media and a little bit more careful around it. And, and, and let it um, either start allowing the freedom that it should allow or maybe we need to start walking away from it and doing something different because I think it's becoming in itself, you know, uh, another version of Big Brother. Here we thought uh, Big Brother would come from government and not realizing that technology in many ways has allowed Big Brother to be literally your neighbor with a, with a spy camera and a, and a, and a great... A uh, microphone can listen into your conversations in your house. Big Brother can be one of those private companies that are social media related and, and, and therefore tell you things and try to monitor stuff and remove this or edit it that. So Orwell never realized that with technology, the power didn't need to be in the government anymore. It could be in a person's hands or it could be in a, in a private company's hands and they themselves can be acting in that fashion but that's what's happening here in america and it's become a scary thing so let's try to do our best to to, to knock that back and you know and, and fight against it because uh, it's it's really becoming a, a negative factor in our lives and it, it doesn't really help us as people okay all right folks i really appreciate your time and i want to wish you uh Oh, very well uh, in this new year we have a lot of wonderful shows that are coming up over here i'm, I'm pretty excited about that let me uh go over there quickly we can just uh, run over them so let you know what we got uh next we're going to do uh a show about uh, the art of book reviewing it's really something that people more should get involved in i'm pressing it more this year to remind people that you know Almost like a pro bono situation as a lawyer where you got to help some poor person who can't afford you get themselves out of a jam. I really think that we all should start learning to dedicate at least once a month reviewing somebody's book. Just once. It'll be a big help. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. After that, we're gonna, I'm going to have another show about dreams. Uh, this one, Dream as a Muse. It'll be interesting uh, on how that uh, can work. Not always something that you can turn on. I'm I'm gonna turn this dream on when I go to sleep, and then I'm gonna get some great stuff from it. That's great if it happens, but it doesn't always happen. But when it does, or are there ways that we can sort of help set it more in motion that it could happen? Yeah, there are. It's not a perfect formula. It's not a guarantee. Okay, but there are, and we'll talk about that. It'd be really interesting because dreams are really a, a big part of of who we are. Even when we don't realize that we, we dreamt something, okay? And then uh, towards the middle of the month, we're going to do a spotlight, a uh, classic spotlight with uh, Boris uh, Pasternak, the uh, author of uh, Dr. Shivago and a number of other books and, and, and poems and ideas, right? All right, folks, that was uh, Audio Memoir Number 3, Podcast Behind the Scenes, Episode 175. Good night and God bless. Thank you for listening. 
Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.